what I think is so often missed when we talk about young professionals, we sort of put them straight into the future and we forget or we miss that they are also very much the now. If we keep in mind that they are the now, it makes a huge difference in how we interact, how we engage, what we do, and how they are able to then connect with us and find meaning. Just one of many powerful statements you'll hear in this episode of VSAE Connections, an original podcast series focused on the interconnectivity of Virginia's association community, produced by the Virginia Society of Association Executives. I'm Colby Horton, and I'm here with my colleague and co-host, Frank Humada. Hi, Frank. Hey, Colby. So we have a lot to focus on in this episode, including the importance of young and emerging professionals in our space, diversifying communication efforts, and being involved in the association community. But there's another thing that I'm really excited about today, Frank, and that's the idea of having a passion for lifelong learning. When it comes to leadership, this idea of lifelong learning is so important. Some of the best leaders learn from experience. They see challenges as opportunities and look to stay up to date in a constantly changing professional environment. So who do we have with us today? Well, Colby, today we welcome Carter Lyons to the podcast. An association leader with 12 years of experience, Carter serves as a director of communications for the Associated General Contractors of Virginia. In her role, she is focused on helping AGCVA members connect in a meaningful way with their association and the benefits available to them, as well as bringing awareness to the community about important work that's being done by the construction industry. She earned the CAE designation in 2016, completed Association Leadership Virginia in 2019, and was awarded VSAE's Association Staff Award of Excellence in 2021, and can resist the good book, podcast, or conversation about a list of nerdy things. <laughs> With all that said, Carter is always happiest when with her family. Uh, she and her husband, Walt, are soaking up every possible moment with their two boys, Tucker and Graham, more than likely on a baseball field, football field, or basketball court, but at every opportunity enjoying a sunrise from the beach. I can't wait to learn more. So let's connect with Carter. Welcome to the podcast, Carter. Thank you. I appreciate you offering me the opportunity to be here. I'm excited. We're excited for you to be here as well. So I'd love to start out by diving into your professional journey, which I really love, by the way. You started your career as a teacher for about seven years and now serve as the director of communications for AGC VA. Tell us about your teaching experience and how you eventually transitioned into the association world, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up always wanting to be a teacher. And I loved my time in the classroom. It was, like I said, something I wanted to do from a very early age. And I feel very fortunate during my seven years, I worked with some really wonderful children and their families. And of course, my colleagues, it really was in a lot of ways, a dream come true. And when it was time to make a transition, it sounds a little bit trite, but it was just a season of my life when it felt like the right thing to do. As with any change, changes are hard sometimes. And so this was a particularly big leap because I was also a new mom at the time. My son was about two months old. And so there were really two big life changes happening all at the same time. So that transition was, again, it was just a big jump. But it was also really exciting for me. And it was a chance to learn a lot of new things, which I love. And 
I have to credit VSAE. This VSAE community has just been really critical since day one. And I've just learned so much in the past 11 years. I say it all the time. It really has been the best professional decision that I've ever made. VSAE really provides so many learning opportunities, both formal in the form of monthly seminars and shared interest groups and webinars and conferences and the newsletter they put out and emails that they send. There's just an opportunity to learn it at every turn. But then even further, the community that exists, I've just connected with so many really wonderful people who are smart and who are experienced and who are living and breathing the exact same thing as an association professional that I am. And the bonus is that within that community, I've just developed so many really true, authentic friendships. That's great. I do have a question. So people who get into the teaching profession are very passionate about teaching and about educating others. What made you decide that the association world was the right place to go after teaching? Well, there's a really long story to go with that, which I won't get into now because it really is a, it's a long story. It's a cool story. There were a lot of signs pointing me in this direction. But what I can tell you, the short version is I saw it as an opportunity to help people and to help others accomplish their goals and to to serve. Still in that particular role, I was still in the education realm. My role involved planning and coordinating our signature event each year and also overseeing the continuing education opportunities that we offered. And so it was in some ways an extension of what I'd been doing, but it just manifested differently. And it gave me an opportunity to really help others to accomplish what they were trying to accomplish. And I think at its core, that's what education is. It is helping someone do something that they either weren't able to do before or helping them to do it better. And that is such a, an honor for me. I just, there's nothing quite like it. So the transition from that standpoint, it wasn't as huge of a change because the role was different. The responsibilities I had were different, but at the heart of what I was doing, I was serving others. And so it still am. And so it was, it felt like a right decision from that standpoint as well. Makes perfect sense for a transition from education to the association world. And speaking about your, your current association, it's relaunching its app this year. You know, what are your goals for this resource? So why is it important to diversify communications for members? Great question. And that is something that we are tackling right now where our largest event is about to happen. So this will be our members' first deep dive with this in a while. I personally find that as association professionals and our organizations as a whole, we're all constantly working to more effectively communicate, to deliver information effectively, and just to connect with those who we serve. I think that a critical piece of this puzzle is really understanding those people who we're communicating with. Obviously, we have an important message or important messages, but those messages are really only useful if we connect with the people who need to actually hear them, which means that we really have to know our audience and getting to know our audience is a process that just doesn't ever end, honestly, because needs change and people change roles and they change organizations. And so it's just an ever changing process. But our goal with the app really is to connect with our members in another way 
we know that everyone's inbox is a busy place and it's really easy to miss information even if it's provided to you multiple times it's just it's easy to miss because there's so much other stuff in there but for us in this association i work for our members are construction professionals and some of our members spend their days on job sites and they just don't have regular access to email or, or even social media and so the app provides another way and a, a quick way to push out information, but also to help our members to connect with one another. And as an added bonus, we're really fortunate because our national organization utilizes the app, which means that our members can not only expand their community to other members within Virginia, but to other chapters across the nation as well. So it really is a way to tap into and expand community beyond what we can do through email. And it, it takes it from us just pushing information out to allowing members to engage with their association in an entirely different way. And on the lines of the expanding community, you know, when attracting new members, why is it important for an association to look at young or emerging professionals to join the organization? And maybe more importantly, how best should associations appeal to this younger audience? I am so glad that you asked this question. It's something that's really important to me. Young professionals are often tagged as the quote unquote future of the organization. And there's no question that's true. We all have got to be intentionally forward thinking and planning for the future and realizing that our organizations are not going to be the same five or 10 or 15 years from now. But what I think is so often missed when we talk about young professionals, we sort of put them straight into the future and we forget or we miss that they are also very much the now. And I cannot emphasize that enough. I personally believe that when we approach our strategic initiatives, the programs that we offer, our attempts to engage, and specifically when we approach these individuals just as people, if we keep in mind that they are the now, it makes a huge difference in how we interact, how we engage, what we do, and how they are able to then connect with us and find meaning in the association and in what they're doing. And I, again, I can't emphasize that enough. I've been fortunate to work closely with three different groups of young professionals and new professionals to the, to industries including the SAE's Early Career Professionals Committee, which has just been reinvigorated. In every single case, these individuals were and are some of the most passionate people I've met. They're talented, they're knowledgeable, they are ready to have an impact, and they are just looking for an opportunity to do that. And so I think when we reframe how we view young professionals, new professionals to the industry. It just makes such a difference. Um, we've all been new to our career at some point, or we've made a career change, or we've changed a, a role or a responsibility. And when we're given the right opportunity to be successful and to contribute, it just, it's it's empowering and it really is a game changer. All of that to say, we, we certainly can't take a one-size-fits-all approach. I'm not suggesting that. We need to be very aware that our membership has segments and we need to be continually assessing the needs of our membership and those segments and we need to differentiate. I just would suggest based on my own experience as someone who's been young or new to the profession that it, it really is important 
to consider what is happening now and not just be thinking about what these individuals have to offer in the future. I think we often focus on sort of that under 40 category and there's really no magic to that age or to anyone's experience level. We can offer different things at different times. We're all learning. And there are just so many people who are ready to lead in so many different ways. So my challenge to my fellow association professionals is to shift that perspective a bit. And as we're developing those strategies, think about it that way. And as we're interacting with our newer members or our younger members to really keep that perspective in mind. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that, you know, engaging these young professionals, you know, it's really a long-term commitment, right? It is taking them from the now and I'm going to say mold them into the leaders of the future. Where do you see mentors coming in here? Is mentoring really important to help build those young professionals into the leaders of the association for tomorrow? Yes. Yes, it is so important. I think mentorship is often misunderstood. I think we often think of somebody going to sit at the feet of the master, right? That's certainly true. And there is that that's one aspect of mentorship. But I think that the most impactful mentorships are when it's a two-way street because it should be an exchange. It shouldn't be, I have more experience than you, so I'm going to pass down everything that I know. That's great. But it, it's just there's such value that it bridges the gap, whether it's a more experienced member, whether it's someone who just knows more about a certain topic, whether it's somebody who has been through something that you're experiencing now, we can all learn from each other. And so I can't say enough. I think having a mentor, having mentors is so important. And I just think we would all do really well to remember that it, it goes both ways and we can all be learning from those who have walked the path before us, but also those who are coming along the path and, you know, are in a different and earlier stage than we are. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head right there. As a seasoned professional, we all have as much to learn from the younger folks coming in if we have that passion to learn, which I, I feel like so many, when you join an association, you have that passion. So it's like-minded folks sharing ideas and it's beneficial to all. I fully support what you just said. And along those same lines, you are on the board of VSAE. Can you provide some advice to others who may want to be on the board of VSAE in the future? And I think we can also talk about what we just discussed, how a younger professional can strive to be on the board and what they should be doing to be on the board of an association? Well, I said earlier, and I would, I think it applies here too. I can't overstate how much I've gained from VSAE. I've, I've learned so much. I've, it's been such a huge benefit to me to be a part of the community. So on the flip side, I'm very grateful for any opportunity that I have to give back. I've done that in a number of ways and, you know, whether it's serving on a task force or a committee or just extending a welcome to a new member or, I, you know, I've led a CAE study group or, you know, now I'm, I'm serving as a board member. And for me, I truly just appreciate the opportunity to support this association who has done and is doing so much for me and for my fellow association professionals. I think when it comes to board service in particular, but I also think just in general when serving an organization or others, I really think that we each bring our own strengths, we bring our own unique perspective, and we bring the experiences that we've had. The current board of directors for VSAE is 
really amazing. It is comprised of some truly exceptional people. And so from where I sit, we are as a group are, are carrying a baton that has been diligently carried by so many people before us who were also amazing and, and still are also amazing association professionals who want to contribute back to this organization. In terms of somebody who wants to be on the board in the future or who is considering serving, I would say two things. First, do what you can to carry out the mission of the organization as well as the current strategies that are in place. Simply put, it's just the best way to help strengthen the association and to move us all forward. And then second, it sounds really simple, but I would just say, listen, you know, I think we all have a lot of ideas. And again, those experiences and perspectives and gifts that we can bring. But I have found that I have gained so much and therefore am able to contribute more because I've listened to others on the board and to others in the association. That would be my advice. I don't think that there's any magic to it. I think um, there are a lot of things that you can do to be a valuable board member and a valuable member in general. I think, you know, even just the process of being engaged and being willing to serve is a huge step in the right direction. Carter, looking at your LinkedIn profile, many of the recommendations you have for a network mentioned that you love to learn. Now, what are some of the things you wish to learn in 2023? So I do love to learn. It's something that really excites me. And I think, you know, it, it excites me to see other people love to learn too. Right now, I'm really digging into this idea of community. We live in a world right now where we are in many ways more connected than we've ever been. And at the same time, studies are showing that we are also more lonely and more isolated than we've ever been. And so that contradiction is something that really intrigues me. And I think we have not only an opportunity to do something about it, but I just think that there's a need. It matters to me personally because I think we can simply just look around and we can see that. Just sort of a self-assessment, you know, we stand in line at the grocery store and I was looking around just the other day and people around me were just scrolling through their phones while they waited for their turn to check out. We don't even want to bother our neighbors, the people who we live in the closest proximity to. We don't want to say, hey, do you have a cup of sugar? Or, hey, I need help carrying this thing. Or do you have a piece of equipment that I can borrow? Because we don't want to bother them. That has changed over time. We used to rely more heavily on the people around us. And as time has progressed, we've moved towards this independence and this sort of, I'm going to say fear of bothering the people around us. And so as that has happened, we've also seen that our mental health issues are just increasing rapidly and loneliness is too and what i'm finding is those two things go hand in hand right we've managed to isolate ourselves and even though we're more connected in theory than ever before we're still sticking closer to ourselves what's interesting is this tends to be a problem far more in the, the western world there are a lot of countries and there are some studies that would suggest as much as 80 percent of the world's population still really live in that village unit where daily activities happen as a community. You know, they're doing laundry together and they're eating meals together as a community and they're gathering in a communal area and everything that they do involves the people who live in that village unit. We don't do that. We connect with our families and we stay within the walls of our houses. And I think that really stands out to me 
as something that is contributing to this lack of community and this isolation and this loneliness. These studies are showing that we're in a culture where the structure is one of connection. People are just generally happier. So taking that to a personal level, I just think we have a responsibility to others and to ourselves. And I think we would all be well served to extend ourselves a little bit. It's awkward sometimes. It puts you in a vulnerable position. But getting to know those around us and just being more connected, you know, standing in line at the grocery store, chatting with the person in front or behind you rather than scrolling through your phone, checking email. Professionally speaking, I think it also really applies to what we do. Associations are, by definition, they are communities. And as we've all seen with organizations we've been a part of, and then in my own experience, specifically as a VSAE member, connecting with others and being plugged into a community is really just, it's a game changer. And so what if we were even more intentional about being connected and connecting with others? What could we accomplish and how would our personal and professional experiences be different? And how could we make a difference for others? So I'm reading through a couple of books on this particular topic. There's one called Find Your People by Jenny Allen. There's another one, similarly, Start With Hello by Shannon Morton. And a third one is The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. And they all really address this idea of building and investing in the community around you. So we've heard you talk through career journeys. We've heard you talk about young professionals and the importance of them within the organizations. We've talked to you about the need to learn and the ongoing learning process. So this question might sound a little repetitive, but what are you most passionate about? I would say, first and foremost, I'm, I'm a wife and a mom, and those are my two favorite jobs in the whole world. Everything else aside, those are my two favorite things. Other things include, though, I obviously am pretty passionate about learning and helping others do that. I'm always going to be an educator at heart. And then I also mentioned this, but just helping others accomplish their goals. It's one of the things that I love most about association work and, and education as well. And going along with this idea of, of lifelong learning and the passion there, you've mentioned in previous conversations that you love to read books and to listen to podcasts. We hear all the time, hey, what's your favorite podcast? And, you know, we're all going through our mind trying to figure out what, what the best ones are. But books, podcasts, what recommendations do you have for our audience? This is a hard question. It's kind of like <laughs> saying, who's your favorite friend? <laughs> um, I, we won't hurt any I'm, feelings here, we promise. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'll start with books. Pat Conroy is one of my absolute favorite authors. He is no longer living, but man, he wrote beautifully. He had an absolutely incredible talent with words. He's such a gifted author. His writing is often not happy. His books tend to be very heavy, but he has this way of always incorporating humor throughout his books, even in the heaviest ones. Much of his work was based on his own life, but it's incorporated into a fictional story in a lot of cases. My favorite of his fictional books was The Lords of Discipline. I found Pat Conroy because my ninth grade English teacher walked by my desk and said, I think you should read this. And I had no idea. I'd never heard of him in the title, The Lords of Discipline. I, I'm sure my face did not say, oh, yeah, that's a great choice for me. I was very confused. But I dug in. I could not put it down. It is a powerful, very heavy book. It tackles some big, heavy topics. But it was really good and it just stuck with me. And it just made me start reading more of his books. And I'm so glad. Um, I love anything by Donald Miller. 
Building a Story Brand is an incredible book for anybody with a message that they need to deliver. It's framed as a guide for those of us who are in a communications role. But I think the premise of it, you know, when we communicate, what we're saying should be less about us and more about how we can help the person or the people we're communicating with. I think that's so important for all of us to remember. Team of Rivals by Doris Kearns Goodwin is just really an amazing lesson in leadership and humility and knowing your why and, and serving something much larger than yourself. Uh, so then podcasts, I love anything by Patrick Lencioni. He has several podcasts and his insight on leadership is just really, it's something I listen to regularly. Adam Grant, both work life and rethinking, they always just get my mind going and give me new perspectives and bring questions to mind. And he just has such a broad variety of guests from Mark Cuban to Malcolm Gladwell to Dolly Parton. Um, if you've not listened to that episode, it is one of my favorites. It's so good. And then Read to Lead with Jeff Brown. That podcast has led me to so many great books. And there's also nothing quite like hearing insight from an author that further complements what you can find in the pages of the actual book. And I just, I want to say, I'm I'm also really excited about this particular podcast because I just think that so many people don't realize the power that associations have. And I think this podcast really shines the light on the work that we do as association professionals and as associations as a whole. I also think it's a really great way to get to know others within our own BSAE community. And it's an opportunity to learn from each other and, and to create some new connections. So I just want to say thank you for the work that you're doing. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. We love talking to this community. Yeah, Carter, thanks for the kind words there and for making me realize I don't read enough books. So <laughs> I'm going to get on that. But Carter, here's a, a, a scenario for you. It's a long weekend and your kids are being taken care of. Where's the best place in Virginia to enjoy some time away? I love that question. And I would start by saying that I feel fortunate to live where we live. Because in Virginia, there is no shortage of opportunities to go do something fun, to experience the amazing things that exist across the Commonwealth. You know, I could think of a, quite a long list from anything from going to the mountains, to going to the beach, to digging into all kinds of things that, that are available. There's just, there's a lot of opportunity to go play and, and learn and, and have fun. I would actually say um, in this case, my kids are really into the history of Virginia right now. And one of the things that I love is that we have this wealth of history at our fingertips. So I would say that I would actually tap into what my kids are really enjoying right now. And I would say we would visit the Williamsburg, Jamestown, Yorktown area. They're really excited about it. That makes me extra happy because as a former fourth grade teacher, that's a huge focus in that grade level. And so it was something I really love teaching as well. So it's something that we can enjoy together. It's an opportunity for them to learn. And I certainly wouldn't want to let that opportunity pass by, you know, while they're really interested in it. And that's something I would love to take advantage and, and enjoy it with them. But there are a lot of other places in Virginia that would come in as a close second and are things that we love doing. So I feel fortunate. The Commonwealth is a great place to be. I've lived here my entire life and I don't take it for granted. We, we live in a great place. We're lucky. That's awesome. Well, Carter, we really appreciate the discussion today. We're very candid with your passions, your need to learn, and particularly on the young professional scene. We appreciate the advice that you provided there as well. 
Absolutely. It has been really an honor. And I will say it again, I appreciate the work that y'all are doing and the opportunity for us as professionals and for our associations to really learn from each other and move forward as a result. So thank you. We definitely appreciate it. And thanks everyone for listening to this episode of VSAE Connections. Join us each month as we continue our conversations with VSAE members about life, work, and the communities they serve. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. And on behalf of VSAE, I'm Colby Horton with Frank Humata. Thanks for listening. <laughs>